Hello, and welcome to Starring the Pot, Entertainment Stew's premier pop culture podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek, the first and the last, and today we have... Sam. And... It's me, Asia. And we're back with another riveting overthinking, where we get to talking about... Uh, we get to critically think a piece of media. Today's piece of media is Street Fighter Six. Street Fighter! Um, we were lucky enough this year, this summer to receive multiple copies of the game, so all of us are... Um, playing it um we're also expecting a little bit of world of valor content where we have to make our world of valor characters within street fighter we're street fighting um but that will be coming soon uh outside of that um we kind of are kind of overthinking it so guys what do you guys how do you guys feel about street fighter in the first place honestly this is the first street fighter game i've played Aside from, actually, no, I'm pretty sure this is the first Street Fighter game I've played because other than that, I haven't really liked the arcade-esque controls. Mm-hmm. It made it really hard for me to get into. Mm-hmm. I got to be real. Um, I have no idea what the story is. I'm sorry. For fighting games like this, it's really hard for me. Even if I pick up the game, it's really hard for me to parse out what the story is because I, I just spend a lot of time in arcade mode just beating people up one-on-one. But this one, I because they let me make my own character and they let me have more control over like the fighting style, mm-hmm. it added a lot more dimension. And I pretty much exclusively played the story part on that one. And I spent so many hours on it. You hit the streets. I hit the streets and I began fighting. I think I have a total of like six to eight hours in the game. Yeah. Oh. I think it's about the same. I have so many more. I have. I don't know if I hit 100 yet, but I, I want to say I have at least like 60. That's fair. There My was gosh. a good. I feel like there was a good week or two where mm-hmm. I was just straight playing Street You're Fighter right, because from morning till night. Me and Sam had to move on to Diablo. Yeah. We had to finish the edits of some of the books. Yeah. So. And all during that, I was playing Street Fighter. Engage! Um, Sam, how'd you feel about it? I really liked it. The thing is, um, this is also my first time playing a Street Fighter game, obviously, because I don't play a lot of video games. Um, but I really enjoy that I can make my own character and also just fight people <laughs> on the street. I just really like that you can just fight any rando on the street. It really touches the emotion of me Fighting hating being outside. Yes. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's Wanting to throw hands at any given moment. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you're blocking the subway line. Bam. You've inconveniencedly mild. You've inconvenienced me mildly. Boom, boom. Yeah, we're at the store. Oh, you took the You're taking a last. The last. I also think that you can just like, like, just do an attack and then engage. I feel like we got kind of obnoxious. Hadouken. I feel like we got kind of obnoxious in our town mm-hmm. because we were like playing around and like pretending to hit each other mm-hmm. in public. <laughs> in real life, when we say town, we're not, we're not talking about the one in the video game. In public and at Publix. Engage. Um, I gotta be real. I played a lot of Street Fighter. To your to your whole thing where it's like you don't know the story. That's fine. I feel like out of all the fighters, Street Fighter never focused the most on its story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what really helps. The, honestly, I'm gonna be real. This is gonna upset a lot of fighting fans. Only reason I wanted to play the game was because I got to create my own character. Same. The thing is, if you can make your own character in a game, I'm down. I'm down. It was so fun. I made Ezra. 
My only thing is, and this is a pitfall with most, if not all things, they let you be chunky, which is good because a lot of games are like, yeah, you have character creator. Can I be chunky? No. You can be slim thick. Mm, I don't want that. But none of the clo- the clothes don't look as good. They don't look good. They don't, they don't, mm, good, on the they don't look good at all. I, I struggled. I, I feel like, let me get Sam, I feel like you just haven't gone in far enough in the game to unlock some of the nicer outfits. That's fair. Um, for, like, the thing is, but if you made a bigger character, Mm-mm. that clothes look like a stuffed sausage. They look really like a potato do. sack. It's not. I don't, I, Ezra does not look cute. It's annoying. I have to, I had to go around and like, what do you call it? Like sweatpants and a t-shirt half the time. Not a t-shirt, like a tank top half the time. I was like, this is your fit now. This is... This is all we got. Because yeah, I remember when you were like changing clothes. I don't think they don't change like the thickness of the clothes. So it's like, yeah, you're wearing like an oversized sweatshirt. Um, but now when you're being chunkier, it's like you're wearing a snowsuit. It's huge. But other than that, the fighting is fun. Yeah. Is, it's one of the, the thing is I've I've it's my next project game. Um, the last time we had a fighting game that came out that I was like super excited to learn how to play was Dragon Ball Fighters. Mm-hmm. Honestly, got, that was fun, and I got pretty good at it. At this day, I'm still pretty good at Dragon Ball Fighters. I had to stop playing. Um, I was not allowed to play Dragon Ball Fighter Z. <laughs> <laughs> Street Fighter Street Fighter Six is my next thing to the point where it's like I've been training. I want to I want to try out for some of the tournaments at our winter convention schedule. Mm-hmm. We're playing Street Fighter. We're playing Street Fighter. Let's just hope none of our panels go against it. Um, if you check our uh, website for our Potluck magazine, you get a full review at the end of our Street Fighter article. Um, but let's go into the philosophy of Street Fighter. Let's overthink this. Which was actually a lot harder than you would think to find. Mm-hmm. Let's um, go into hyperdrive. I gotta be real. Pet peeve. Um, look, trying to research philosophy and then looking at the philosophy of strength. You get a lot of bodybuilding forums or a lot of. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, this is my philosophy, but not actually philosophy. Yeah. It's like someone's ninja, their ninja way. Yeah, and so that's that's it's really hard to do that, um, and so. I had to delve deep into martial arts philosophy. Um, if you've been rocking with Entertainment Two for a bit, you know that we have a uh, Demon Slayer panel mm-hmm. called Breath of the Five Rings, mm-hmm. right? Um, within this panel, we use the philosophy of Japanese samurai Miyamoto M- Miyamoto Musashi. Musashi, yes. Musa- yeah. Um, and his Book of the Five Rings to kind of examine demon slayer um and so inspired by that i was like okay which which like martial artist philosopher samurai etc could i look for and the one that came up a lot that really fit this and then we're gonna explore how it fit uh the street fighter six um is bruce lee so we're gonna be using the philosophy of bruce lee today and the towel of jeet kune do Hmm. which is his the martial arts that he made mm-hmm. um little background on bruce lee if you don't know him um famous uh hong kong movie martial artist um he actually studied philosophy in the university of washington oh that's Ooh. dope um and he's 
always been excited. He's always questioned everything about the whole martial arts um, experience. Mm-hmm. So we get into the funny thing is I really enjoyed that the reading I did for this philosophy um, one comes directly from Bruce Lee. It came from Bruce Lee and then I had to um, synthesize it down from there where in our previous uh, overthinking when we talked about um, Steiner and the philosophy of freedom, mm-hmm. a lot of it was reading a lot of contemporaries um, thoughts and feelings about the philosophy. Um, with Bruce Lee, his philosophy kind of started because he started asking the following questions. What comes after victory? Why do people value victory so much? What is glory? And what kind of victory is glorious? And I thought that paired very well with the opening monologue to the kind of single-player storyline that Street Fighter Six has. Um, it's about a man talking about strength. I'm going to go ahead and read it right here. Mm-hmm. Should we splice it? You're right. I'll just splice it right here. We have technology. So I've been thinking about strength, man. Strength. Might. The power to fight. Is it money? Authority? A cool job? A ton of likes? (laughs) Okay, okay. Let's keep it simple. I want to be strong. Can you believe it? We got self-driving cars. The time's coming, we'll be taking rockets to Mars. And yet you still got folks out there using their fists and bodies to seek strength. Yeah, I hear you, man. We're all a bunch of fools. But, you know, if you want to know about strength, you just got to get to it. We fighting fools are all getting to it on the streets. He's talking to somebody. But that, the thing is, that was that whole statement is the building blocks for the examination of this philosophy, right? And so we have to travel back to how did Bruce Lee create Jeet Kune Do. Um, Bruce Lee, he was teaching martial arts to Westerners in Oakland, California. And a bunch of elderly Chinese martial artists are just like, hey, man, you over here cheating these white people how to fight like us. That's not how we do it traditionally. And so they challenged Bruce Lee to a fight. Mm-hmm. And so he beat them up. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Yeah. So when they say that's not how they, we do it traditionally, it's like he was teaching traditional. I'm sorry. Repeat his style. He, at the time he was at Wing Chun. Wing he didn't, Chun. he didn't, he didn't, this is him about to create Ji Kung Do. Oh, so he's uh, teaching traditional Wing Chun to like white people, and yeah. that was what was non-traditional. Who he was teaching it to? Yeah, you know, you're not allowed to teach the outsiders. Oh, okay. Or so the cool, 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 cool. Or so the tradition said at the time. All right, thank um, you. And so they they challenged Bruce Lee to a fight, and he beat him. Um, but everyone thought that Bruce Lee would be really happy about it. But it was the thing is for him, it was the hardest fight that he's ever done in his life. Hmm. And he was tired and he was winded and he's never felt that before. Mm-hmm. And then he started questioning his entire like setup with fighting. 
Hmm. And then everyone's like, why? Like, you won. You got it. Um, yeah, but I got tired. Me getting tired? Mm. That doesn't happen. I wonder how his previous fights had gone if, like, having it be one of his hardest fights was... was The thing is, essentially, he was a prodigy that every other fight was... Kind of easy? Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Sorry. He was more so a prodigy of hard work. It's why you get characters like... Rockley. Rockley, based off of him. Based off of Bruce Lee? Yeah. Fascinating. Is there another person that you could compare to that I would know, or... Um, it's okay if it's, if it's okay if it's a no. The thing is, it's such a common trope in like Japanese like media. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a character in Tekken, Martial Lee. Yeah, no, it's like Martial Law. Right? Law. Oh, never mind. That's fair. That's fair. I'm sorry. This is this. I Jackie like... Chan in his early part of his career was based off of Bruce Lee. Mm. I watched a lot of Jackie Chan movies. Never mind. <laughs> is it a rush hour? Jesus. <laughs> um. What? What? I didn't watch. I didn't watch any Jackie Chan movies growing up. And so this kind of pushed the idea of his head that, huh, me following these rules, I'm going against unlocking my true potential. I'm following. I I've mastered Wang Chun, and I'm not as good as I want to be. Hmm. Um. He. He's always and he's always been intrigued by the question of how to find his true potential and how to express himself honestly. Um, he believed the answers to both questions are related to one another, and then so he kind of believed that anyone who trained within a particular martial arts style and cling to just one martial arts style or even one frame of thought he called the traditional man. That person is incapable of exceeding his style or doctrine, is stiff and narrow-minded, and his narrow-mindedness makes him blind to observe objectively and see truth. Hmm. That's really funny. And so he kind of created this whole idea that you need to buck tradition. You need to move against tradition. You need to break all these facets that connect you to these other wider systems. And be uniquely you. To be ever flowing. Huh. To be constantly changing. Are we... Yeah, I'm sorry. I was <laughs> like, are we at the point where we could just start... Yeah, we're at the point where we can start connecting. This is when I saw the building blocks. I was like, oh. And when you look at how the Avatar story in Street Fighter is, mm-hmm. where it's presented as you are a character who is expected to go around and train with these other masters and learn from them Mm -hmm. and build your own personal fighting style based off of them, Mm -hmm. not putting yourself in any individual category, but allowing yourself to flow through all of these things. Mm -hmm. You're living what the concept of Jeet Kune Do is. Hmm. And he says that if people don't do this, man become man ceases being a human and becomes instead a mechanical man who simply moves through life without changing who you are or not or being too rigid and not mm-hmm. going with the flow. Right. It's like is it like when 
Uh, it reminds me of how there's a discussion when it comes to like chess masters or even like I guess watching you play Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm sorry, those two in the same sentence, but you get it. Yeah, <clears throat> the strategies there. Where like after a certain point, once you reach a certain level, some people are just, oh, I build the deck with this deck. I have. I have to play these exact cards in this exact order for this exact strategy every single time. And that's what it's built for. But as soon as you reach a counter, there's like you built the one style of deck. So you can't really maneuver with it that much. Yes, exactly. Or like how sometimes chess masters will be beaten by an amateur because they're making like they're not following the the structure. Yeah, the usual structure, the usual move set. Oh, they're trying to do this to me, so I have to counter with this move set and etc. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I can't use my queen's gambit because you know they went yeah. around it. Yeah. 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 Right. That's, yeah. All, that's the only chess move I know. That's the only one that matters. <laughs> and then that's why the famous quote of Bruce Lee, uh, "Be like water," comes from, mm-hmm. where he's. No, I'm sorry. My brain was like, yeah, yeah, float like a butterfly, sing like a bee. Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Muhammad Ali. <laughs> you gotta float like It's water. like the quote is, I'm gonna I'm gonna splice it in the quote because mm-hmm. he says it way more eloquently than me. But mm-hmm. it essentially is um, if you're like water, nothing bothers you. If a rock is thrown within you, if you're water, you're just gonna move around it. It's that constant idea that you have to be constantly adapting. And it's why, by the time that he died, and he, he died at the age of 32. Ooh. Oh my God. This is what it is, okay? I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now, you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Um, Why did he die at the age of 32? I don't know. Let me look it up. Um, he actually regretted putting pen to paper about the style of Jeet Kune Do. Because the mm. thing is, the whole point of Jeet Kune Do is that it's not a style. Right. You're, there's no concrete way to treat to teach Jeet Kune Do because it's supposed to be you um, putting in a bunch of different things and going and creating your own flow. Mm. Um, in the, sorry, I wrote the article. Hi, I'm the editor of Potluck. Um, <laughs> in the article, it was like, talking about how um, if you have a style, sorry, the style is not having a style and the technique is not having a technique. Yes, exactly. Cause it's like, he, people would be like, okay, so how do I throw a punch at Jeet Kune Do? And it's like, it's not about that. It's more like a, uh, the your next move. Not like a, <clears throat> I don't want to not. Yes. It's a philosophy, but that's not the word. It's like a set of guidelines mm-hmm. for not how to fight, but a, like creating your own. It's like a recipe that you don't follow exactly. Exactly. It's why, like, it's a the the style Jeet Kune Do is actually seen a lot. I've done a lot of articles where people applied it to like shonen protagonists, and how mm-hmm. a lot of times shonen protagonists like Naruto, Naruto doesn't know Taijutsu. Oh God, he sucks. At but it so that's bad. his benefit because no one can predict. 
what he's going to do next. He's wild carding it. He's the number one hyperactive knucklehead ninja. Yeah. Luffy does not have a set style. He fights like how he wants to. And that in the essence is true Jeet Kune Do. You don't have you don't your opponent has nothing to anticipate because you're ready for any moment. And we're going to take it to the, I've been thinking about this through the lens of World of Valor, because you guys, we're currently in a tournament arc mm-hmm. in our Tabletop podcast. Hi, and watch that. It's one of those things where it's, I have players that come in with a set idea of how they want to fight. Mm-hmm. But it's better not to have one and just to take what works for the moment. And that's what, all, that's what it's about. Because Jeet Kune Do translates to intercepting fist. It is at its base a defensive style because it's you changing your offense based on what you're given. It's taking in that information. And then it applies to the real world because it's like, yeah, you might have a way that you deal with the situation, but you shouldn't have a concrete way you deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. It should change and ebb and flow depending on your circumstances, depending on the stimuli that's getting entered into you. And then he talks about how one of the main aspects is empty your cup and learn the art of dying. What? I'm so sorry. So what is it? What? I'm sorry. I, I, the thing is, I'm, I'm going to read oh, okay. what he meant from it. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I, wasn't try, I wasn't trying to get you guys to extrapolate the meaning of that. No, I just good. thought that was a wild thing to say. Like, an entire chapter of the Tao of Jeet Kune Do is titled, Empty Your Cup and Learn the Art of Dying. To empty your cup means to get rid of your self-delusion so that you can look at the world from a new and refreshed perspective. In order to find your true potential and your nature, you should first be self-conscious. You should know what you want, what you desire, what your strengths and weaknesses are, your pride, your fears, your accomplishments, your ambition, and eventually get rid of all that as they maintain an ego that interferes with who you truly are a fluid personality who cannot be narrowly defined by your desires fears achievements etc you see this within street fighter 6 because this is the first big time skip mm-hmm. for a lot of the veteran characters and so you've got at the at the first street fighters one through three you got Ken, who is the cocky, rich guy who is just best friends with Ryu. He just has a style that's copied from Ryu. But in Street Fighter Six, a lot of that is thrown away due to the circumstances that he finds himself in. But he becomes a more of a self-actualized person. Mm-hmm. And the other older masters like uh, Ryu, Chun-Li, even Blanca, they have gone through the style of emptying their cup and becoming these new, well-rounded versions of themselves. I don't want to press you on it, but the fact that you said Blanca amused me because I have no other context for Blanca. So seeing him now, I'm like, he's a forest sprite. Um, What was he doing before? Just eating animals in the forest, being a oh. being like a kind of wild Tarzan-like man. Oh, and now he's a tourist attraction. Yeah, 
he's encouraging people to treat the poor. So, mm -hmm. okay, I get it. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm I'll give you that. It's one of the things that a lot of people were concerned because the thing is, it's this is the first significant time skip in Street Fighter. We've done like three, four years, but it's like some of these characters are pushing like 50 now. Mm -hmm. Some of them have already accomplished their goal. Like Chun-Li, um, she's already defeated Ben M. Bison. She's already avenged her dad's death, which was her thing the entire first few games. Mm -hmm. And so when she gets to Street Fighter Six, it's just like, well... She has her own dojo now. I have my own dojo. I'm chilling. I'm passing on these lessons to the next generation. Mm -hmm. She has like a, like, not a spin class. No, sorry, it was like a, like a community class kind of thing. Where like everyone just learns. And you're like fighting an old lady who's just like picked up the hobby. It's cute. I enjoy it. And then Bruce Lee went on to say that it's frightening for most of us to, um, to do this. Because you unfortunately have to confront your own, what he called, prejudices. If you empty up your cup, you have to accept the fact that you're probably not as great as you think you are, but you need to accept it and move forward to try to be the best version of you that you can be. And then he was like, yeah, we tell, we often um, lock ourselves into our traditions. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, some people will be, um, in their 70s or 80s, but they never grew from their starting point because they locked themselves around what they were told they had to be mm -hmm. growing up. And all about accepting Jeet Kune Do. The thing is, it's all about accepting Jeet Kune Do is accepting that you don't have to be that. And that's not you. That's what you were set up to be. And so I also could see why a lot of this philosophy um, could be taken by people who are like really into self-help stuff. <laughs> That was a dick of my sister. No, I, I it wasn't. Sorry. It was just like it's legitimately. That was a so that was like that, I'm sorry, that was a joke. Because as we, as I was I was examining it, I was like, oh, so many people are getting the broad strokes of what he's saying, but they're not like grasping it. Fully. They're not. Gra they're they're not, not grasping it because what they're seeing is, um, yeah, get a break from tradition, and then they use it to be a terrible person. Yeah. Or they you because the thing is a lot of the bodybuilding websites that I was reading from this isn't me throw, uh, calling you guys out but it kind of is a lot of it was just like yeah empty who you are and accept this particular lifestyle or this particular lifestyle oh you're not really doing Jeet Kune Do unless you're going up against all of your traditions like being kind to people or what? treating people with respect what? but the thing is it's hearing what Bruce Lee wrote. I feel like it's easy to, just like we talked about with Steiner's philosophy of freedom, it's really easy to use it to justify. But that's thing. just you stopping short and not reading throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Because yeah. when I first heard it, one thing that got me was, <clears throat> sorry, and it feels like something that, it's something I think about semi-frequently, which is how, like, what do you call it, permanent? Or how set is your personality? Mm -hmm. What like what are the parameters of that? Is it just like, for lack of better words, an algorithm that you follow throughout your life of how to act and how to interact with people based mm -hmm. off of like your nature, a mixture of nature and nurture and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, that's the Asia thoughts leaking out. But the idea that he's not just saying hey reject 
not like reject tradition, but like face tradition for what it is. Look at it and then don't feel completely beholden to it. Yes. That one part where you were talking about how empty your cup. Is it empty your cup and face stuff? Yeah. Where it's know yourself, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, know all of this about yourself and then get rid of it and acknowledge that you are a fluid personality. I feel like that's not even, it's like rejecting tradition in a, not rejecting, but I don't even really want to call it rejecting tradition because I feel like the idea of rejecting tradition makes it seem like it's supposed to come out as the inverse or Mm -hmm. like the opposite rather than, what I interpret it as like looking for tradition for what it is and then taking and leaving it. That's what I took it as. Sorry. Cause as you were talking, I was just like, it's anthropology. Sorry. (laughs) In terms of like observing like your culture and your traditions. And like, even though you can like kind of like that, like a objective, Mm -hmm. like kind of observation of your cultures and using that, pivoting it to your lifestyle and then kind of um, I kind of acknowledging your like biases and stuff like that question yes and I might be misremembering this but I feel like you talked a while ago about there being a style of anthropology that you like it's not someone going out to another culture and immersing themselves and looking at it from an outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. but rather was there a style of uh, anthropology that you mentioned where it's someone doing Observing an- their own culture. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's still under, I don't know if there's a specific name for it, but mm-hmm. they have an anthropologist who kind of like observe American culture. Sorry, there was a book. I don't know what the name of the book was, but I think it was the, it's essentially someone observing America. But the thing is, all the things, all the, instead of America, it's like the reverse of America. It's like they like flip the, they flip the letters. And it's like, yeah, it's, um, Akimara. I think it's like Akimara or something like that. And there's like, yeah, this like wild civilization. They would go to MIGs and they would like torture themselves with exercise to make themselves feel skinny. And it's like kind of like, oh, it was kind of tricking people into like, like wow, this culture is so wild. Da, 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 da. But it's like kind of bold, like having the lens on yourself without mm-hmm. realizing it. Essentially, um, I see what you're saying. But yeah, but essentially, I think that's just still under cultural anthropology. I don't know if there's a specific name for it, but I feel like those principles that like Bruce Lee was like applying to martial arts could mm-hmm. also be applicable in that regard in terms of like the philosophy. There's two paragraphs that I'm about to say out loud because I needed help understanding these and they're to the point where I didn't include them within the actual like article on potluck because mm-hmm. I couldn't wrap my head around it mm-hmm. and so I was going to try to do that on air right now with you guys is that okay yeah no I'm down with it I need no I need my ideas pre-chewed they're pre the thing is like a baby bird they're, they're brought down to no no I'm kidding go for it so it says Emptying our cup precedes our discovery of new truths or new values so that hopefully we can find ourselves and become our own standard. 
Bruce Lee told us not to despair when we cannot find solace within our past attachments, as the creation of personal values is vastly more valuable. You learn aspects taught by all of these masters, but there isn't an expectation that you just copy it down to the personality. According to Bruce Lee, we should not worry about what others think of us. He advised us not to look for a personality. To duplicate as that would be a betrayal of ourselves. So not to like mm-hmm. copy anyone else's personality. Um, one might call this practice other expression instead of self-expression. Being our own standard also encompasses the acceptance of disgrace and losses, as well as accepting grace and victories. How else can we accept ourselves and fulfill our own potential? And so is he essentially saying in our journey of self-discovery, it's okay to not get it? Is that what he's saying? Like not knowing yourself fully? It's like not knowing yourself fully. Um that's not exactly what I took from it. Sorry. No, you're good. Do you? Yeah, I have it right here. I need to see that first sentence again. So I hear it out loud because when I was reading it, I didn't understand. So I think because of the language that it was used and because he uses like the self so much repeatedly, it kind of loses. It it lost me when I was reading it in my head. Mm -hmm. But I feel you expressing that. I was like, oh, I feel like what you said was just like, yeah, kind of not hiding yourself, not trying to bear yourself with other personalities that you see, not like being influenced by like people on TV or celebrities or like trends or whatever the case is. And just fully thinking about yourself and how you interact with the world and what is truly you, because that you not being yourself is a disservice to yourself, which I'm like, Oh, that's really sweet. Bruce Lee. <laughs> I certainly see you said it wasn't that great. So, you know, I for- I didn't forget about that, you know. I was thinking what that sounded like to me isn't what did you say? Like not knowing that it's okay to not know yourself? Not that's not necessarily what I got from it. I got like, hey, as you we talked a lot about how it's not it's about not just sticking to one strict not sticking strictly to one style of being mm-hmm. and taking in a lot of different ways of being and with that mixed with knowing ourselves and accepting that there is no one way to be ourselves because the personality is constantly fluid it feels like a continuation of that where it's saying, hey, you have to get rid of this idea of yourself as a fixed personality in order to find yourself and become a quote-unquote new standard of being, like Mm -hmm. a new standard for, I'm interpreting this as interacting with the world. You can't, like, discover new truths or new values or new understandings of yourself if you are strictly hey, this is the way I am. Hey, this is what I'm about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that locks you out. That puts blinders on you. And as you go come across these other ways of being, it's not, you're not re, you're not 
expressing yourself. You're not finding yourself in these new values by copying wholesale or copying and splicing what someone else is doing. You have to do that through the art of kind of reinterpretation, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. If, If it makes sense, it's not like... You know how making a collage, you cut up what's already there and you copy and paste it and that creates something brand new but i feel like what bruce lee is asking people to do isn't that collage style of cutting up and pasting to make something new it's taking in the information and rewriting it in your own words to make it a more truthful reflection of the self if that makes sense yeah i like that and then as he says, uh, not to Bruce Lee told it as not to despair when we cannot find solace within our past attachments. As in, as you become a fluid, as you acknowledge yourself as a fluid personality, I feel like naturally the attachments that you had in the past are going to change, and just as you may gain new ones, you might lose old ones because that's the nature of change, baby as the creation of personal values is vastly more valuable as in knowing yourself and finding what values and kind of not reinterpreting them through your own lens, but applying them through your own lens Mm -hmm. and your own way of being is more valuable than trying to be rigid and hold on or despair over past attachments that are no longer applicable to you if you are truly following this philosophy. You learn aspects taught by all of these masters, but there is an expectation that you just copy it down to the personality collage analogy. We should not worry about what others think of us because if you're worrying about what others think of you, then you are not necessarily being like a true interpretation of yourself because Mm -hmm. I feel like you're just more prone to copy mm-hmm. or perform the way you think you should rather yeah. than how you are like a real reflection of what you value. Blah, blah. Don't look for a personality or duplicate other expression rather than self-expression. Went over that. Uh, being our own standard also encompasses the acceptance of disgrace and losses as much as accepting grace and victories. I feel like that could be like if you have a fluid idea of yourself, then it's easier to accept when things don't go your way. It's easier to accept when things do go your way because you're not, oh, this shouldn't happen to me or, oh, I don't get to have things like this. You're more accepting of the reality of the situation because you know that it's not it both. It's not like a, I don't know, this is more me coloring it with the way I'm saying this, but it's not a strict interpretation of you if you fail or succeed at something Mm -hmm. because you acknowledge yourself as fluid in every moment. And thus it's just what's kind of like reflected in the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. If instead of like, oh, this is how I am. Oh, I failed. This is a reflection of me. Well, no, I failed today. I failed at this. But if I chose something different, if I chose like 
to get better at something or I chose to put this down and not try it again, that's just as, that's accepting being just as fluid as like, that's being more fluid than harping on it and having it as a reflection of the self, like, oh, I am a failure. That's the same thing as putting blinders on it or I am a winner is you're just putting the same kind of blinders on just in a different color. Um, blah, blah, blah. How else can we accept ourselves and fulfill our own potential? I guess potential is a weird thing for me personally. I got, I got a lot, I got a lot of hangups with potential, but I feel like when you put, maybe you could read this as when you put blinders on yourself for this type of person you are, it's harder to accept the reality of what is, if that makes sense. Oh, I shouldn't be like this because I'm actually this. Well, no, you're fluid and it's easier to accept yourself as fluid as and certain traits that you wish you had or you wish you didn't have if you accept that you're not just one thing, I guess. And it's easier to fulfill your potential if you acknowledge that. I don't know. In this, I I feel like it's kind of saying, for me, if you're saying the self is always in flux, then your potential is also always in flux. Mm-hmm. But that's to me. Yeah, because it feels like with what he says is that because your state is always in flux, that's what unlocks your potential. Yeah, you're not just limiting yourself to one interpretation of self and thus one interpretation of your own potential and one path you that you're like kind of forcing yourself to follow. Suddenly, the potential isn't how far you can go on one path, but all the different kinds of paths that you could go down, regardless of where they end or how long you follow them. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I've not seen that movie. I've been I, saving sorry. it. I... I also haven't seen it. I, it talks about those themes. Yeah, it talks about those themes, and I was. Gosh, I gotta see it in the movies. And then I was gonna point out that it feels like a lot of. It's it feels like a just like how a lot of Western philosophy is kind of built out of the same branch. It feels like this a lot of this is built off of the same branch of Eastern philosophy because all this just sounds like Taoism to mm-hmm. me. I was also thinking that. From the little bit I know about Taoism. Where it's like, it's all about that innate balance that you're trying to strike. It's all about acknowledging um, all these different aspects of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting to see it play through so many different things. Not just the Street Fighter example. We were to pull it through other things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're running low on time. So I'm not going to get a chance to go through the entirety of the next paragraph. Oh, sorry. I kind of lost myself in that. Go ahead. No, I saw. You're good. Um, it's better if I have my phone. Sorry. Also, you do have this document. We did send it to you. It's in the group chat. Um... It essentially talking about how he feels that if someone truly um, is in control of himself, he experiences action without consciously forcing the action to happen. 
Um, so truly expressing our actions, we kind of move into a state of unconscious action. Ultra instinct? Yes. Ultra instinct. That's funny. Um, a quote from Bruce Lee, I'm moving and not moving at all. I'm like the moon underneath the waves that ne- that ever go on rolling and rocking. It is not I am doing this, but rather an inner realization that this is happening through me or it is doing this for me. The consciousness of self is the greatest hindrance to the proper execution of all physical action. What's up? No, that makes sense. I feel like it's something that from my limited experience with sports is or not even just sports but music as well mm-hmm. where the consciousness of the self is the greatest hindrance to the proper execution of all physical action like that's why there's such a importance put on practicing correctly until you get that muscle memory built in. Yeah. Because once you unload your brain from having to worry about doing it correctly and you're doing it on muscle memory, you can move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And your body just starts layering things Mm -hmm. unconsciously. Yeah. I think that, I think that wraps it that aspect of it up really well where um i feel like that's the end goal of a lot of things within fighting um within street fighter this one thing builds into the like it's not a non-existent story of street fighter but it's just like it's the thread the thread. throughout all the street fights if you will where ryu he had a essentially a inner demon inside of him and a large part of his story was controlling it or denying it the bearded ryu we get is someone that has become fully accepting of what he is mm-hmm. it takes in the good and the bad and we have standard even flow ryu he has reached the pinnacle of knowing himself by unconsciously taking action. And this is, is there a pinnacle of knowing yourself if you're constantly in a state of. Sorry. You know, definitions. You said pinnacle of knowing yourself, and it was such a, like, a concrete mm-hmm. that I, my brain started, like, dissecting it as, like, j- yeah, it just started dissecting it. You're good. The thing is, I'm using terms that they've used about Ryu, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, this is just Like peak. the devs and stuff? Yeah. And then I also, I hate bringing it up. But how Sam just brought up Ultra Instinct and Goku, where it's just like, this is supposed to be his peak of understanding all of himself so he can act unconsciously. It's one of the reasons why Ryu doesn't believe he's a good teacher, because he doesn't know how to teach how to necessarily fight like him. Mm-hmm. Because he only fights like him. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder. Mm, 
Sorry. No, you're good. I'm thinking of an analogy. I wonder if it's like being like glass where everyone's like cut differently, but they reflect whatever surface you put them on. If that makes sense. Like a kaleidoscope or those like little glasses with all the cut facets, yeah. rave wear, kaleidoscope glasses. Mm-hmm. Like what you see changes based on the cut of the glass and where you're looking and thus the environment you're in, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So everyone is their own piece of uniquely cut glass, all interpreting at like the pinnacle of experiencing this and pouring your cup and experiencing facing death it's acknowledging that no matter where you go in life you're interpreting your experiences through your own lens and then having that be part of you but just the same you can always change Mm -hmm. I do like that idea of a kaleidoscope or a glass because at first I was thinking that's too rigid for the amount of times that he talks about water. But if we're speaking about the pinnacle of strength, what's considered the top tier. And if we're using street fighters as an example, outside of Ryu, it's Akuma. Akuma's not evil. Akuma's not good. He's just strength incarnate. And I feel like that would be a more of a representation of, like glass, a reflection of everything you are? I was thinking less reflective and more transformative. Like, each experience, like, no one's gonna, no two people are going to interpret the same thing the same way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No two people are gonna experience something and have it shape their glass the same way and it's just kind of a culmination i'm sorry you i maybe maybe this is maybe this is too asia maybe you just have to be in my brain for this just like what you see what kaleidoscope how the kaleidoscope is made how like the creator decides to cut the glass or what colored pieces put in it define how things are shaped as you look around and with the kaleidoscope different people experience the same thing and take away different interpretations and acknowledging that there's always but at the same time even if you empty your cup your past experiences are going to shape how you interpret new information but that doesn't mean you're rigid. That just goes further into the fact that as long as you're alive, you're going to keep experiencing things and your interpretation of things are going to change. The things that I experienced in school or earlier in life, I had different interpretations of them as even though they happened out in the past already, my interpretations of them changed as I changed. And even as like, my previous interpretations still influence my current ones. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I stayed rigid within them. That doesn't mean I kept the same interpretations. It might cut, it might affect how the glass is cut or how the glass is colored, but it doesn't prevent the glass from changing. 
Okay. I like that. Thank you. That's a good philosophic is it, Asia? You know, it's like I like I got a degree in it or something. <laughs> it's like I dedicated a good portion of my life and funds to studying it. Well, we have time for like one question. If I could have gotten a double degree in philosophy, I would. Um If you look so this is from the Reaper 4759. If you look at Street Fighter, everyone can beat everyone. How does that impact the philosophy you're presenting? It seems like there's no real end to the journey of strength. Is that intentional? I feel like it has to be. Yeah. I feel like, given... I'm so sorry. Yeah, give ahead. me... Sorry, no, give me, sorry, me what you just said. It was just like, yeah. Um, you Since it's like you're ebbing and flowing, your failures, your successes are just a part of the ebb and flow, your potential, all that stuff. I was paying attention. I was trying to dissect all sorts of Yeah, you were here speaking of the void, baby. We were here. No, yeah. no. I just, I was like, Asia, you talk too much. Let, let someone else take the stage. Well, that we answered that question pretty quickly, so I guess we have time for another one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, baby. Lord, we're speed around in this. <laughs> Lord Fridge 9. Um, question. Why go with the philosophy of Bruce Lee over another actual philosopher? Well, well, actually. He did study philosophy in college. Like. I feel like it's philosophy just a state of mind, baby. You just gotta overthink. The thing is, unfortunately, I feel like at some level that that is true. If you're gonna put down like a logical culmination of how you believe an aspect of the world works, and you put that out there, for better or worse, it's philosophy, regardless of how like. Like qualified oh, or not? How many like badges you have about it? Does cr- like is it credible or no? I the thing is I feel like from what I've read of Bruce Lee, um, he was a lot more concise with his philosophy than a lot of philosophers I've oh read. My God, yeah. Um, the thing is I I feel like when people hear Bruce Lee or they hear a martial artist, they don't realize that um some of the biggest pieces of eastern philosophy we have comes from martial artists what are you gonna do while you're making your gains you just are you are you just counting the entire time nah why am i doing this i'm working out all the muscles in my body baby the writer of the book of the five rings straight up just uh like samurai just just such as just samurai he would just go to battlefields and kill a bunch of people and then he'd go to a cave and write down like his philosophical musings multifaceted all those words are part of you <laughs> you get it you just listen to be the like podcast. water man <laughs> don't be rigid with your interpretation of what a martial oh. artist is and is not able to be also also to have i also asked a question is like did bruce lee also like alter his philosophy based off of like that samurai philosopher no no because i the thing is they were just like yeah be like water and the other guy's like yeah water's the best one and that's the one i am <laughs> because i'm so I, I'm, I'm always changing and flowing and uh, adapting the thing is all of that kind of comes from taoism <laughs> that's fair <laughs> and if you think about it um musashi mm-hmm. ma miyamoto miyamoto but um he i guess you could read a a common thorough a common thread because he says hey the best not martial artists but the best warriors don't just stay in one 
like book like the book of air or the book of water Mm -hmm. they don't just live by one code they incorporate all of them to be a multifaceted and balanced being and they follow all of the teachings Mm -hmm. which you could say is similar i I, I would say yeah yeah um honestly i really enjoyed this episode these last two episodes of uh uh Overthinking. Stirring the, stirring the pot overthinkings mm-hmm. have been really fun. Uh, I like the fact that both of the philosophies kind of, I feel like, kind of related to each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, with the philosophy of freedom and then the individual talk we had with that. And then the talk of self that both of these philosophies, like... Touch uh, on. Yeah. Didn't even mean to do that on purpose, you know? It's just yeah, asking this, you to know yourself. Some of the philosophy is all about, you know... I think, therefore, I am, or whatever. Yeah. Some jerk said that. So, um, woo, what's up next? Um, philosophy of the, the sound of sleep? Is that the next one? The sound of looking at the calendar. Uh, the honestly, th- it's probably going to be Baldur's Gate next. Noise? The philosophy of saves coming? <laughs> well, we're probably going to talk about racism in D&D. Honestly, we gotta. Yeah. Like, I'm like, even if you, there's so much content, but I gotta be real. This first act was a doozy. So look forward Pretty to fun that. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm excited for the questions we're gonna get about that. Yeah. Um, we're gonna ignore some of you guys. Respectfully. Respectfully. Or depending on Good how question. you respond. <laughs> Not respectfully. You know, it, really, it's all up to you. Um, try us. See what happens. Um, <laughs> Find out. <laughs> this has been Derek. And Sam. And it's me, Asia. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.